0: Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its spin-off Angel. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. A couple
1: hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover time you're an investigator more or less today because if you're your curse thingy you can't sleep with anyone I'm, a taint. I'm your boss or else
0: you might feel a moment of true happiness
1: you
0: got already into vixens and a
1: brooding part of life lose your soul except for the bulk of it when I was nearly tortured to death.
0: becoming both again
1: your demon hunter bro demon hunter Brood. and kill everyone it's fucking fantastic I love that sound thanks Cornelia. I always appreciate
0: Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Ale with Angel. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And today's episode, we're reviewing season two, episode three
1: first impressions. What was your first impression, Rex? Of the episode? Mine was or... poorly. Yes. Of you, of <laughs> this planet, my family, school. I don't know. Pick one, go with it. Yeah. Huh? I don't know.
0: I think my first impression of you was actually pretty good. Oh, splendid. We continued being friends after we met, so that says something, right?
1: It says lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I begin? Well, first thing right out of the box, let's do my favorite thing to do. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read off a big old fat list of all of our favorite executive doo-doo's, also known as executive producers. But since I'm a weirdo and I say offensive things, I say executive <laughs> doof do's. We have Christina, Lauren Jewell, Katherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V Man, not Patrick JF this week again, Hilly Hilfman, Scarlett Choi, Janella Lindauer, Simo Pinty, Meredith McAslin, Rose Clark, C in quotes, heaps. Andy Burgess, K-Fro Nome, Father DeFinistrato, Matthew and DeBurr, Kelly McAdams, Shuby Pathic, Jesse Rain, and Carrie Phillips. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: that list is good. Thank you so very much. Without you, this show literally is not possible.
1: It's, it's delicious. <laughs> I could eat it right up. I just want to...
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're going to take it to the dirty place, aren't you?
1: I just want a lady on the trampet like a piece of spaghetti. You going to get the other end of this, Rex? Come on. Come on. Here, boy. No. Oh.
0: I don't think so, Josh. It's
1: all right. I'll be tramp. You be lady. No. All right. I'll be lady. You be tramp.
0: No, that wasn't the issue. Edgar, you want (laughs) to
1: pick up some slack here? I don't think he'd eat spaghetti. I mean, (laughs) you'd be surprised. No, probably not. No. He, I don't think he would eat spaghetti either. He's a very picky eater. <laughs> Mr. I-have-to-have-my-food-in-the-form-of-a-slurry. Ha! You fuzzy bastard. Spoiled little bastard. Hey, Rex, why don't you read us a new review that we have?
0: Yes, we have a new review. From iTunes, specifically. Yes, a new iTunes review, a five-star review from Little Paper Penguin. I like that name.
1: Right? It's Poppy. Yeah. Yeah. Little paper penguin. Yeah, exactly. I can't not bob my head back and forth as yeah. I say it. Little paper penguin. So little pa- little paper penguin
0: writes, I may have to buy merch. I love Josh and Rex. I just that's a good reason to buy merch. <laughs> yes. I just came across this po- this podcast about a month ago and have been binge listening every day to catch up to real time. Rex and Josh balance each other well, and I really enjoy listening to them. Josh's antics and Rex's annoyance at said antics keep me cracking up. I love when Rex just breaks down in laughter. Me too. Yep, you found his weak spot. She has an emoji of a rooster and a little baby chick. (laughs) Usually I watch the entire Buffy series once a year, but since going back to school, I just don't have the time. This has been the best substitute because I can work, listen to Josh and Rex, and still get my yearly Buffy fix. I used to make fun of my children buying merch from YouTube people, and now I want a beer with Buffy hoodie.
1: Ha! Yeah. Who's the idiot? now, little paper penguin. <laughs> it's still your kids, I promise. <laughs> right? <laughs> Statistically speaking, <laughs> <laughs> or or neither of you, because you've right, you've both realized that you should buy merch yes. from independents and not from uh, giant money sucking conglomerates.
0: Well, let's hope they're giant soul sucking conglomerate YouTubers as well.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you know, just be uh, be smart. Be smart with your money. You know, there's corporations that don't suck. (laughs) Be wiser with your money than I am with mine. Yeah, yeah. I I don't want to sound like some tree-hugging hippie that just smoked too much weed one day and thought that he was suddenly an economist. (laughs) So, you know, just uh, be smart. Oh, no! What'd you do? I just broke the cork on my wine. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm going to have to get dangerous. (laughs)
0: Let's get dangerous.
1: Yeah, that's what I said, Rex. I know. It's a Darkwing Duck reference. Yes. It's one of my favorite fucking cartoons. Well, in the meantime, while I'm working on this cork... uh, Hey, guys. Remember those two things that we just talked about? Patreon supporters and iTunes reviews? Well, if you'd like to be our supporter, there's a great way that you can do that for free. And it's called leaving us a review on iTunes. Guess what? We'll read it live. On the air. And when I say live, I mean on a heavily edited recording. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And, you know, with post-processed, uh-oh, I just pushed the cork further in. Oh, that's what that noise was?
0: Yep. It almost sounded like an Edgar, like, hurt noise.
1: Yeah. No, your cat's fine. I promise. It's just my wine is going to have a little bit of cork in it. (laughs) It's going to be a little corky. It's going to be a (laughs) little... It'll never be as corky as me. (laughs) What did I hear about, Quark? Oh, shut up, (laughs) Odo. Shut up and drink your wine. (laughs) Oh, I miss Principal Snyder so much. I know, right? (laughs) But yeah, leave us an iTunes review. It's the best way that you can support us without having to pay any money. Hey, if you got some extra money to throw around, you can always be a Patreon supporter, too. We have a cat naming perk you have one of those pesky little animals that you love to death and you're not sure why because it scratches you a lot and it just consumes all of your worldly goods
0: or in Edgar's case we'll yell at you nonstop about
1: nothing yeah just like that <laughs> well we'll give it a name even if it already has one we love doing that yes or you can even just head on over to store.beerwithbuffy.com and buy some shit we yeah. have it we have it yeah not
0: actual shit we're not selling actual shit.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you want, if you really, really, you know, no, uh, no, I think no. We don't kink shame here at Beer with Buffy and or Ale with Angel, a subsidiary of Beer with Buffy. <laughs> However, we're uh, we're probably not going to go there. Yeah, probably. I I am not almost certainly. <laughs> I'm quite mostly certain that we're definitely probably not gonna go there <laughs> you know unless you were to send me a very specific demanding email <laughs> threatening to uh, i don't know like blackmail me <laughs> if for instance you were to get a hold of my dna somehow <laughs> can't imagine how
0: <laughs> i got nothing i just I got- <laughs> Sometimes I just gotta let you go. you let me go. On.
1: You let me go on and on. And I, <laughs> and I dig these holes and then I poop in them. <laughs> no poop for you.
0: <laughs> no, none.
1: No poop. <laughs> what, what the fuck? Heard me. <laughs> that doesn't help. I gotta find a wine glass anyway.
0: It's behind the Beer with Buffy mug. Not going
1: well. <laughs> okay, I kind of sort of have enough of an opening to pour some wine out of this, this cork fiasco debacle mess that I've gotten myself into here. So today on Bad Wine Tasting with Bad Wine, I'm drinking a wine called Intrinsic. It's got some absolutely stunning, gorgeous artwork on the front of it. It really does. It is uh, labeled as a 2018 Red Blend Columbia Valley... Wine. I'm just going to read the back of the label real quick. Street Mm -hmm. art and winemaking. An unexpected pairing. We aged (laughs) Cabernet Franc on Malbec skins and Malbec on Cabernet Franc skins for nine months to create a layered wine with silky refined overtones. (laughs) Street artist Zimmer took the wine style and perfectly symbolized it in the latest collaboration. 51% Cabernet Franc, 49% Malbec. There you go, everybody. Now I'm going to taste it. How... Why in the
0: fuck have you not been doing the the bad wine tasting in that voice? I didn't
1: think there was a huge demand for Thurston J. Howell from <laughs> Gilligan's Island on our podcast. But now that I know, I guess we'll just have to bring him up more. But then you have to pick up the slack and do some Gilligan and the Skipper impressions. I don't
0: remember enough about that show to pull that off.
1: In fact, you know, when we're done reviewing Buffy and Angel, we're just going to have to move on to Gilligan's Island. (laughs) No!
0: Little buddy! No! I refuse! I refuse!
1: Gosh, Skipper, I didn't know what I did wrong! Drink your fucking wine! (laughs) (sighs) Okay, but only because I want to. (laughs) I should hope
0: that's why you drink it, not because I told you to.
1: Huh. You know, every week I... I learn a little more about myself when it comes to wine, mainly that I have no idea what I'm doing, and that I have a horribly unrefined palate, and I know, I'm pretty sure I said that last week, too. You, you did. I'm definitely getting quite a lot of uh, grapey aftertaste on the front, and uh, here, let me try it again. Oh, yeah, definitely grapes on the on the end there, too, on the back, if you will. <laughs> It's a lot of grapes that taste like (laughs) they've been aged in wood. (laughs) Hmm. It's definitely red. I dare say. It's so much better when you just really bullshit it like this. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably slightly alcoholic. (laughs) Going out on a limb here. (laughs) You know that tanniny feeling? I don't really either, but somebody told me about it one time. <laughs> All right. It's decent. I, You know, you could probably get the same thing out of a box, but it's a beautiful label. If I remember, I'll post the picture, but I generally don't no. remember to do that, and I'm sorry. But if it's really bugging you, go ahead and look it up. It's called Intrinsic.
0: Intrinsic.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It's intrinsically... It'll get you drunk. (laughs) And it tastes decent, too. So,
0: there's that. As long as you like grapes.
1: Yeah. Do you like grapes? (laughs) Well, we like paying way too much money for grapes and being snobs about it. (laughs) This one was $21.
0: Yeah, that seems expensive to me.
1: I'm pretty sure I have that much in change in my pocket. I keep it on me so that I can throw it at poor people as I walk by. <laughs> Keeps them from attacking me.
0: <laughs> oh, God. It's
1: like playing a, an arcade game for me. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I
0: am I think it's time for a, hey. sino-
1: a parental synopsis. Joshua! Quit talking to your snobby-ass friend and get back to work! What the, what the hell are you doing anyway, Josh? What do you think you're doing? Joshua! Why, just because I'm sleeping all day... You're not my real dad. Yeah, no wonder you're a loser, you lazy bastard, sleeping your life away when you should be out working. Work, 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 work. If you're not working, you're dying. Why not both? Why not? Yeah, fucking millennials with your new age ideas of being happy. New age? Didn't you grow up in the 60s and 70s? <laughs> Free love, man! Yeah, and I hated hippies then, too. Now wake your ass up. And go fight your demons. I've had a vision, Daddy. (laughs) Don't call me Daddy. It's creepy. (laughs) I've had a vision, cishet white man stereotype. Now that's more like it. (laughs) And you're in danger, Daddy. I'm going to have to be close to you for a while. That's it. Get the hearse. I'm checking out early. (laughs) But Daddy, all you have to do is have feelings and be honest and open about them with me. No! <laughs> but, Daddy, don't you want a relationship with me? Daddy, your son, your blood. Oh, there's gonna be a relationship with blood. Now get out, you fucking hippie. Very well, Daddy. I will take my visions elsewhere to where they are appreciated, like, I don't know, an old flame that died by my hand ages ago, kind of like, hey, like Darla, who keeps showing up in Angel's dreams and seems to be sneaky snaking her way into his subconscious and depriving him of sleep as we see all throughout this episode where Angel is helping Gunn hunt down a demon named DiVAC. But shit gets gritty when Cordy has a vision showing her that Gun is in danger. Wesley and Angel aren't answering their phones, so she takes Angel's car to save Gun, but he's not in danger. Yet. Angel's car gets stolen while she's checking in on him, and they go on a zany adventure to find it in whatever chop shop it landed in. Meanwhile, Wesley and Angel use Wesley's motorcycle to track down Cordelia and Gunn. After being attacked at a house party, Gunn takes his friend Veronica to the hospital where they run into Desmond, the carjacker, and they go to reclaim the car where they're confronted by Divac. Finally. A classic battle ensues wherein Angel and Wesley arrive just in the nick of time. All wraps up nicely. Cordelia tells Gunn he needs to cool his shit down a bit and Angel may or may not be balls deep in a bit of a situation. situation. With Darla.
0: (laughs) The end. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I think that's one of your best
1: dad synopsis <laughs> today. <James. laughs> Glad you liked it. That was excellent. <laughs> You're welcome. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny headed little creatures, soon as the sun goes down, down.
0: Cold open. Cold open. Cold open it. Caritas. Caritas. Yeah.
1: We'll work on it. (laughs) I just
0: wasn't sure how I wanted to pronounce it.
1: I I think it's Caritas, but it's easier to say Caritas. So,
0: yeah. Angel sang for Lorne. Lorne, Even though we
1: still haven't learned his name. Yeah, he's technically the
0: host. Mm Mm-hmm. And he sang a couple of songs. He sang "Send in the Clowns" and "Tears of a Clown."
1: Yeah, he's he's going for a medley. I really liked Lauren's line here. He's like, "Yeah, well, uh, more of a doodly, really, wasn't it?" Right, <laughs> <laughs> a duo dilly. Yeah. yeah, that was clever. I liked that doodly, a doodly doodly do, a highly highly ho neighborina, <laughs> doodly doodly day, a dilly dilly dee. No! <laughs> oh, Flanders, Mister Frodo. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. What
0: if what if, what if Flanders, uh, all the doodly-ds and everything, is actually like a, a really bad speech impediment? <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> um, in a, in a way, it's definitely him being extremely in denial of reality and yeah. his emotions,
0: very much so. Anyway. Lauren notices that Angel has been practicing. He's improved.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: like how they did not actually have David Boreanaz sing.
1: Thank God. Right? You know, once uh, was enough. Yeah. But we have to take Lauren's word for it that he's been improving. <laughs> I really loved... It's one little part of this conversation, but we need quite a lot of context for it to really make... It, for me to do it any justice, for it to make any sense... He says, you've been practicing, haven't you? Angel says, a little. And he's like, probably not in front of the mirror. Angel responds, in the shower. Oh, and it so shows. You think? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
0: I don't think that was a compliment, Angel.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just, I really loved Lauren's subtle, uh, yeah, like it didn't even make it into the transcript. Just this little tiny. uh. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> Where he's just like no, <laughs> it, it has <laughs> it helped was, at all. It was terrible. <laughs> I, uh, I'm terrified of the view coming back. <laughs> and uh, he, Lauren tells Angel that he's
0: uh, kind of come to a bend in the road. He, he's gonna face some heartbreak.
1: Yeah, cryptic stuff about his heart.
0: Well, not so cryptic because you know Angel walks away from Lauren. Lauren starts singing, and immediately Angel sees
1: Darla. Well, and as far as we know, this is just a dream. We don't know that yet. (laughs) Well, I, I suspected pretty much as soon as he met up with Darla there. I suspected the moment they started dancing. Even after Angel wakes up and we're like, oh, it was a dream. Like, obviously, there's more to it than that. Oh, yeah. These are not just dreams. So I'm saying, as far as we know, by the end of this scene, it's just a dream. Right. Yeah. Therefore... Kind of cryptic, because we're like, well, he can't possibly be hooking up with Darla. Who else is he falling in love with? I I mean, there was Kate, there was the actress lady. Obviously, things are over with Buffy. Am I forgetting anyone? This didn't occur to me till just now when talking about it, but
0: Lorne gave prophetic information to Angel in Angel's
1: dream. Accurate prophetic information. Yeah, it felt kind of fluffy, though. It was like... Eh, your heart is uh, you're headed for heartbreak but well, it's up to you eh. he's gonna have to face Darla again that's a
0: you know because Lorna's was talking about coming to a crossroad sort mm-hmm. of circumstance where he has to make a decision that's true and he's gonna face some heartbreak right that's you know yeah that's vague but it's still like prophetic information Angel doesn't have any specific knowledge that Darla is that is back right. Either somehow his subconscious is picking up on something, or like even subconscious Lorne in Angel's dream can still give prophetic advice.
1: And I think that's entirely plausible, considering that Darla is somehow outwardly weaving her wit herself into Angel's dreams. imposing herself yeah
0: it's just it's fascinating to me that that they they went that route with it because they could have just made it all nonsense but you know it's still there's more substance to it
1: yeah and i kind of hope that comes back around and we find out a little more about that the next time we see lorne
0: that would be cool we
1: may or may not but uh definitely open to opinions on you know from anybody that wants to weigh in on that give us a call at (laughs) 269-743-0783 yeah opening credits uh cordelia is dusting she's yes like, man this place is never gonna get clean she's well, dusting fucking,
0: and complaining
1: yeah it's not gonna get clean like that no but wes is like buck up and <laughs> i swear to god i heard fuck up <laughs> and my brain's just spun out fuck up it's just a little dust Dear God, Cordelia, I dare say fuck you and fuck your cleaning and most of all fuck your dust. Fuck your moats right in their dusty little anuses. Fuck them so hard that they begin to impregnate one another and breed new dust until they die of overpopulation but in the meantime they suffocate you by having a big dirty dust orgy in your lungs. In conclusion and summation fuck your dust. All because Wow! <laughs> all because he said, buck up. <laughs> Well, I like the
0: bit that because she's complaining about it and she's like, oh, this is so horrible. And Wesley's response is basically like, well, I guess we'll just move right back into your living room then. <laughs> and she's like, no, OK,
1: fine. Dusting, dusting, dusting. But even her line here, she says, this isn't mere dust. This is son of dust. <laughs> this is the kind of dust that spawns countless generations of little baby dust. I give up. Now, you know what? I wrote my whole little tirade before that before i heard that line about son of dust uh, no i yeah i wrote my whole little tirade about dust orgies (laughs) and overpopulation of dust and then she takes it to the same fucking place practically well and they hammer in the dust orginess of the episode too (laughs) like dust is everywhere oh yes it's well a
0: a veritable dust
1: orgy (laughs) I was definitely on the same wavelength as one of the writers yeah, today. apparently. Uh, enter Gun, And Who's, boy, he is coming in hot. He's just an asshole. Yeah, he's just <laughs> angry. A lot of aggression. I just want to put some fucking cucumbers on his face, play some Kenny G, just to see how much more angry it makes him. You know, nothing makes people angrier <laughs> than Kenny G and not being able to see because there's fucking food on their face. It's infuriating. (laughs) 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 But he wants to see Angel uh, because it's (laughs) fucking 3.30 and they have a goddamn four o'clock appointment. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) You're there a half hour early? Shut the hell up. They've been running a hotel for like one fucking day (laughs) and they already have a Karen at the front desk. (laughs) More importantly, like he's like I've been up since
0: dawn. It's like you're not he's a undead. You're not a vampire. <laughs> yeah.
1: And Cord, Cordy's even like a uh, vampire? <laughs> yes. They Wesley and Cordelia assure him that Angel will get the fuck up and do whatever the fuck he wants whenever the fuck he wants. So please kindly go fuck yourself. In fact, here, if you're feeling peckish, have a bit of dust. <laughs> Anyone? No? <laughs> Dust. <laughs> it breeds in your respiratory system. <laughs> Just like grandma used to make. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> God damn it. I you there?
0: Yeah, you did. <laughs> no, so Cordy, Cordy's like trying to talk him down and she's like, well, look, if you really need help so badly, we can help you. And fucking gun is like, what can C three PO and stick figure Barbie do?
1: Yeah, I swear, like he. How long's he been holding on to those ones?
0: Right, <laughs> a while, <laughs> a definitely
1: min- a while, a minute. Yeah,
0: but well, his whole his whole fucking attitude is like, no, I need serious muscle, and and
1: you can't possibly help. You have no experience with demons and the like. Yeah, fuck off, gun. Yeah, seriously. Enter. <laughs> doofus cock slap did i say doofus cock slap because i meant that fucking billionaire twat waffle david or some shit
0: yeah david no his name's david <laughs> yeah
1: same With a sword and a cloak yeah the same fucking cape and a goddamned flannel shirt and now a fucking sword it is a prop sword uh-huh
0: like, obviously, it's on a TV show, therefore, it would automatically be a real prop sword. But it is specifically a prop sword that is made to look like a prop sword. Yeah. I liked that they did that, where it definitely doesn't look like a real sword.
1: I mean, it wasn't great, but it wasn't that bad either.
0: But it looks like something that would you would buy it a fucking... Uh,
1: Renfair or something? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a LARPer sword. It yeah. clearly wasn't going to cut shit. No. And it just didn't feel like it could get any sadder either. (laughs) I mean, it it could get sadder. He could not be a billionaire. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm really hard pressed to feel bad for him. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But Angel called him a couple of days ago, and he had to fly back in from the other side of the planet to come say hi to his favorite buddies. And, uh, yep. Angel wants some financial advice, not help fighting (laughs) the undead or whatever. So Angel wants some financial advice. And I think Rex and I have a co-quote of the day here, if you will. Yes. Because Nabbit's like, because the situation is Angel's like, oh, we got a six month lease with an option to buy. And Nabbit's like, David Nabbit, the billionaire, blah. I'm just going to call him Nabbit. He's like, and how much are you willing to put down? Cordelia's like, nothing would be good. Nabbit says, oh, that's easy. You could look into seller financing, take over the owner's payments and skip the bank completely, or you could make a play for a preservation grant, offer to restore the original decor and get the city and the feds to give you a tax break and a loan at a sweetheart rate, or you could apply for an FHA and get a PMI in lieu of a down payment.
0: And then Cordy, all hot and bothers, like, is anybody else getting warm? Do that tax breaks FHA PMI part again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He just you know, he drops this nerdy LARPing shit faux DD dungeon nonsense and uh Cordy suddenly her her little nerd fetish comes out. Or she's just that in love with money. You know, I don't I think it's her love of money. Probably the latter mostly, <laughs> but clearly she's got some sort of nerd fetish too. I mean she dated Xander for Christ's yeah. sake. Yeah. <laughs> so they I don't they're not mutually exclusive things. In fact, they work together well. Nerd yeah. fetish money yeah nerds are good with money can be anyway so (laughs) this nerd (laughs) so uh nabbit fucks off i don't want to share my feelings i don't want to open up i want to find the guy that killed tina and i want to look him in the eye
0: David fucks off and then Gun's all about, oh, we should get going right now. What the hell? We have a deadline.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Angel is actively getting ready to leave as he's saying all this shit. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, Gun. The man just got done doing more adulting in the last three minutes than I've done in my entire life. (laughs) It took me four hours to leave the house today. (laughs) This man just woke up. Got coffee, figured out a plan to buy this hotel, and made a plan to go meet up with your demon stool pigeon in three minutes. Yeah. So why don't you cut him some slack? Just, just a little bit of slack. <laughs> well, and again, like
0: he, you know, immediately Angel's like, oh, all right, uh, Cordy, you're going to drive. Wesley, let's go. And Gun's like, well, we can't bring them. <laughs> They can't come along. We're supposed to be warriors.
1: Yeah, and I get that we need some sort of, you know, conflict in the ranks. Otherwise, it gets a little too... Right. Oh, look how happy we all are. It's where the fucking Care Bears are. I,
0: I have things to say, but here, I'll just add... Just, just a
1: touch too much of that conflict in this episode. Thank you. Yeah, sometimes they just, lay it just on... A, a bit much. A wee bit thick. Just a wee bit thick. But, you know, now that... Cordelia and Wesley are thick as thieves yeah they had to throw somebody else in the mix to fuck some shit up
0: my favorite part though is uh as they're getting ready to leave and Angel's like no gun we need them they they know what the fuck they're doing let's yeah. go they're not your gang gun so it's not your call now shut up and they start walking towards the car and Wesley has just this shit-eaten grin
1: on his face as he goes shotgun <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me laugh even more to think that not only did Gunn not get his way, but now he has to sit in the back seat (laughs) to Wesley. Uh, Wouldn't he have driven himself, though? He's he's got his pickup truck with the fucking stakes on the front of it. I don't know. I say fuck it. Fuck it like dust bunnies.
0: (laughs) No, because apparently they'll get into your lungs and breed. You'll never get rid
1: of them. Ah, damn. They're like tribbles. (laughs) (laughs) Comforting. It's more of a pigeon. So, you don't want pigeons fucking like bunnies and triples in your lungs? No, that actually sounds quite horrible. That sounds like getting COVID. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> don't do that, everybody.
0: Hey, guys, we figured out what COVID is!
1: <laughs> it's actually tiny pigeons and triples <laughs> and anything else that makes cooing noises. Having sex. In your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to
0: a shady parking garage where, hey, the gang's all here. Everyone piles on out of the car.
1: Whee! <laughs> Speaking of clown songs, <laughs> we have clown cars. Nah, it's not nearly enough people to be a clown car. Whatever. So they find their informant, Jamil. Yep. Some poor bastard, or so it seems, who's been whipped and beaten into submission by Divock. Dvac, yes. Dvac, Dvac,
0: Dvac. I honestly, I think they were really just wanting to call him Dbag, and they couldn't do that,
1: <laughs> so they're like, "What's something that sounds close?" Um, uh, swap out the B for a V. It's practically the same letter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Dvac.
1: Dbag. So, Dvac. D-Vac. This is the demon that they're after. He's like, uh, uh, not a, not a dingus, not a redfish. Uh, what's it called? Um. McGonagall McGuffin he's like a McGuffin something that they're after no it's a dingus something that they're after just to drive the plot yep and also to give them a kind of sort of boss fight at the end Yes, yes yeah so um (laughs) dingus demon Jameel's backing out he's afraid of
0: DVAC more than he's afraid of gun he doesn't want the money he just came here to be like hey I can't help you but you have a rep, because guess.
1: But gun doesn't scare the shit out of him near as much as DVAC. And so, of course, the only logical conclusion and course of action here is to beat the shit out of him some more. Gun applies some concussive interrogation techniques.
0: <laughs> how about those concussive t- interrogation techniques?
1: I will maintain your brain with my fist. It's going to save you all kinds of money on insurance. <laughs> I don't think that's how this works. <laughs> You're kind of costing me money. Shut up. Yes, you should have. Think told... of all the hospital bills. <laughs> should have told me what I wanted to
0: know. So yeah, I want to see that. I want to see somebody punching someone else, and as they're punching them, they're just like, "It's gonna
1: cost you so
0: much money in healthcare." <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is hurting me way more than it hurts you. Actually, that's a lie. <laughs> Gun should get a government job. I think he'd be great at it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Seems like it. <laughs> it's actually really easy to sit and judge Gun like he's a real person during this scene and be like, "That's really a bad technique to get a out of, information out of an informant right. or you know somebody and anybody. Don't waterboard. It's bad. <laughs> and even Angel's stepping in and Cordelia are like, "Stop doing that. He's not evil. We can't hurt people." <laughs> And we're sitting back like, yeah, they're right. Don't do that, gun. <laughs> I feel like this is just a really unfair, poor representation of black people in this scene. Um I, there's there's a certain amount of that. I, I just I'm not sure how I feel about how they're writing his character so far. Yeah, he's got some great heart, some great humor, and we love where he's coming from, and they're giving a voice to black people. That's I... great um but they're also not doing it no. justice no no like
0: every so i'm going to say literally every single instance so far that we've seen gun before this episode was better written than he is in this episode yeah. the the way yes, gun is specifically but. written in this episode is not good
1: yeah But there's still this theme, even in previous episodes, where they keep putting him in a position for Angel to be the fatherly white savior. Yeah. Multiple times over now. And it's not like KKK white supremacist racist, but it feels very, look how not racist I am racist. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah,
0: we're hip with it, you guys. Anyway, what, um... Angel stops him from beating the dude, and then a bunch of vampires come in. The informant is like, oh, look, they they followed me. Run! And he runs off. He fucks right off. And a bunch of vampires come in. And at this moment, I just wanted to say, four fighters is too many for the people who do the cinematography and the fighting choreography for this show. Because this fight scene is Garbage. Too busy. Way too busy. Way too fast edited. No idea what the fuck
1: is actually going on. You know, I felt the same way about the the later fight too. Yeah, and that's why most of the time I just zone out during fights, and I'm like, okay, fight, 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 fight. There's definitely been some instances in the past where you know there were there were
0: fights worth zoning out from, but the fights in this episode, especially. When you have the whole fucking gang, four fighters, too much to keep track of.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll get to it more later, but there were spots in the in the final fight where I couldn't even tell. I watched it several times, and I was like, when did that one vamp get killed? It didn't. They just, they flubbed yeah. it, uh, and they probably did the same shit here. I was paying even less attention to this fight, but yeah, they, they all bust in. They're like, oh, yeah, and they have themselves a bit of a tumble, and- uh, um, A bit of a tumble. <laughs> so- uh, for some reason, a slightly more difficult tumble than it should have been. Yes. Yeah. But the gang comes out on top. Yep. Like you do.
0: They kind of cut the end of the fight off, and the whole gang is leaned up against Angel's car. They're all battered and bruised.
1: Um, Moaning, literally, yes. about their minor but painful injuries. And I was very
0: disappointed that Gun at no point was like, hey, you guys can actually hold your own.
1: Right. No, he just found more reason to bitch. He's like, what? I don't need any time off. Y'all need time off? Fine, but I'm going to keep looking for Devac." Divac. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was funny that everybody's got injuries except for Cordelia, and she's mm-hmm. like, and I've got a grease stain in my new outfit. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's going to cost me a lot of money. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Dry cleaning ain't free, bro. <laughs> but uh, Angel says that they need to regroup and guns like fuck off i'm gonna keep trying to find Divac or jamil or whoever one in the same little does he know Ooh, spoilers my bad <laughs> um i did get a quote of the day out of this no oh, i didn't get any shoot <laughs> it's kind of a whole conversation here i'm just gonna read the whole thing and i'll try and weed out as i go which part was the actual quote of the day All right. So cordelia says Hey, when you do find him, you may want to be a little more Guy Pearce in L.A. Confidential and less Michael Madsen in Reservoir Dogs. is like, I haven't bothered to see a movie since Denzel was robbed at the Oscars from Malcolm X. Later, Gunn fucks off. Wesley's like, that was quite a performance. Cordelia's like, I know, talk about being wound up too tight. Wesley's like, "Uh, no, I mean Denzel. (laughs) Oh, well, he's always great. Then Wesley says to Angel, what about you? Well, who doesn't love Denzel? <laughs> no, I mean, what you said before, it's true. I've never seen you have so much trouble with a simple vampire before. Off day. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. So my actual quote there was, uh, it was Wesley saying, uh, no, I mean Denzel. And then subsequently when Angel was like, who doesn't love Denzel? It's just, it's <laughs> funny the way they yeah. kept slipping back and forth and misunderstanding. I liked it. Person needs certain designer things. You shouldn't be trying to eat my friend's brains. Hey, you're a vampire. So, cut to the valet parking section at the hotel.
0: Yeah, where Cordy drops Angel off and gets to
1: take the car home. Ooh, boy. I bet nothing bad will happen to it. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? I have no idea. And uh, he says, just bring the car back tomorrow because he wants to get some sleep. She notes that he's been doing a lot of that recently. Yes. I think it's mono. <laughs> Obviously, all that kissing with Darla. He doesn't know where she's been. He's got the hell mono. The hell mono.
0: The hell mono. The hell mono. You know, there probably is a hell mono. A oh, hell mono.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what you say when you get the hell mono.
0: Did you ever have mono?
1: mm I never did either. Aw, oh, shucks.
0: Probably didn't make out with enough women.
1: So, as- <laughs> over at Cordelia's apartment...
0: Yeah, Cordy decides she's going to sit down with with a good book. And, you know, a reality-splitting headache.
1: Right? <laughs> She yells at Dennis because it's freezing like a meat locker in her apartment. Uh, we see the dial on the thermostat move up on its own as she thanks Dennis. Damn it, I want a ghost butler roommate. Right. Jeez. Right. And then Cordelia has, as you, what'd you call it? A, re- a reality splitting headache. Yes. <laughs> yes, one of those. Yes. It was like that episode of Rick and Morty where <laughs> their time splits in powers of two yes actually that's (laughs) exactly what it is it splits her reality open so much that it spans across commercial breaks (laughs) (laughs) and it's gun swinging a sword it looked like a sword to me anyway and he's in trouble i guess yep and cordelia uses dennis like he's a telekinetic power rather effectively yeah dennis phone Wingardium Leviosa. <laughs> no, it's Leviosa. No, anyway. Uh, and, uh, yeah, bam, just like that. Phone. I'm still waiting for Futurama-style iPhones, honestly. Right. Because then you never have to carry around your phone because it's in your eye. I want, I want that. Shut Something up like... and take my money.
0: There's actually a company that exists, and I forget the name of it now, but I looked it up. And you can invest in this company. They're they're producing prototypes for bionic contacts that you put in, and they give you an interactive HUD. Yeah, you were telling me about that. Um, the minimum investment price is something like $10,000. wow. <laughs> I do not have $10,000, but let me tell you, friend, if I did, I would be investing in their company. Yeah,
1: we're not their investor demographic. No. Or donator demographic.
0: I, But you know what I am? I'm their their consumer Potential demographic. Potential consumer, yes. <laughs> like, please, please.
1: <laughs> what? Virtual reality 24-7? Why not? What could possibly go wrong? Hey,
0: augmented reality, okay? Yeah, I
1: suppose you're, you're not wrong.
0: All I'm saying is I really just want some sort of facial recognition set up so that people's names appear above their heads and I can
1: finally remember people's <laughs> names. That, that's the first thing we're going to do with it. <laughs> And then lots more things after that. GPS directions that
0: are like footprints on the ground for you to follow. Like, how fucking sweet would that be?
1: Nah, that that ruined every Elder Scrolls since after Morrowind, so I don't want that in real life. Fuck that.
0: But if you were, like, in fucking downtown Chicago...
1: If I'm lost or whatever, and I need... And I just need to get somewhere quickly, sure. Yeah,
0: bionic contacts, man. They're the future. I want them. Whoa. But in the meantime, you know,
1: I guess a ghost works. I'm just hoping everybody appreciates that when I quoted Futurama just now, shut up and take my money, that that's the actual episode that that meme is from. Oh, is it? About the iPhones. Oh,
0: I did not actually know that. You're
1: fucking welcome.
0: Congratulations. Thanks. What were we talking about?
1: (laughs) Uh, iPhones. Oh, right.
0: Augmented reality content. No, Cordy calls Angel. Oh! Phones
1: in the year 2000.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Cordy calls Angel Angel sleeps through the phone He hears the ringing in his dreams though
1: Yeah he's like what the fuck is that noise And Darla's (laughs) like
0: I fucking hate that Oh
1: it'll go away
0: And for me it was always Trying to turn off your alarm
1: but it won't turn off Right
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it was never my actual alarm Like it was always some device in the dream Like a radio or something and I can't get it to turn off
1: Yeah (laughs) Usually it was just literally my alarm clock And I'm like Dreaming that I'm waking up and trying to turn it off. Yeah, uh, fuck that. (laughs) Fuck that. Yeah. But anyway, Angel and Darla are laying in these outdoor lounge chairs wearing Mm -hmm. bathing suits and sunglasses. They're moonbathing. Moonbathing, yes. Yeah. You know, they can't sunbathe. They're vampires. And they seem okay with that. Yeah. But Darla's rubbing ice all over Angel's chest and stomach and he giggles like a little girl (laughs) as he inquires why she's so damn good to him. Well... Have you seen you without a shirt
0: on? Come on, Angel.
1: Seriously, bro. Like,
0: look at that.
1: Yeah. The, why else is she so good to him? Everyone get a good lick. You only get one <laughs> One good lick. How many licks does it take to get to the center of that Tootsie Roll Pop? The world may never know.
0: Nor would we want to, because, you know, we want to keep him around some. Like, we like him. <laughs> Three. <laughs> so you want to get to the center of your angel
1: Tootsie Pop. Well, let me show you which website to go to for that. First question. Are you 18?
0: Second question, do you have access to at least 50% of the internet? Because <laughs> that's all you need.
1: <laughs> do you have a VPN?
0: Yes, that's a good call. It's going it to be at least 3 antivirus programs. It's going to be dirty.
1: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so the phone's ringing, she's like, "Oh, shut up. It's definitely not real life literally <laughs> attempting to give you a wake-up call because your friends are in danger. I promise." <laughs>
0: Cut back to real life, where his friends are in danger trying to give him a wake-up call. (laughs) Uh, Cordy can't get a hold of anyone, because also Wesley's not answering, and in the previous scene, his pager was busted, so she can't page him. That makes sense, yep.
1: Uh, She leaves a long, rambly message on his answering machine. Mostly, she just tells Wesley to get Angel when he gets the message, and to meet her at Gunn's place when he gets the message. Yep. And she decides that she'll need a weapon before leaving in too much haste. And she just gives the best pep talk. The best pep talk. After, after grabbing a small axe from the closet. Quote, okay, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I mean... There you go. What other pep talks do you need in that's, life? That's like, really it. <laughs> Are you paying a life coach too much money? Stop it. Yeah. Take a lesson from Cordelia fucking Chase. And just accept your death. Accept <laughs> <laughs> your untimely
0: demise. I do want to note, though, that her delivery of I'm going to die is like very like not so much deadpan, but very f- kind of flat. Like, yeah, I am definitely going to die. Yeah, she's a little panicky, though. Um, She's pretty sure of it. Like she knows that she is telling the truth, that she is going to die. But she fucking goes and
1: steps up anyway. You see how confident she is, everyone?
0: Yeah. Yeah. She still goes and faces the, the, the danger. Mm-hmm. That makes her a fucking hero right there. Even
1: if this is the last day that she has on Earth, it was a confident day yeah. on Earth. Go her. But also, yeah, that's the definition of bravery.
0: Yes, it Superman is. Superman
1: can't be brave because he can't die unless it's Kryptonite or whatever. Yep. So luckily,
0: Cordy has Angel's car. So she gets to take his car to, to Guns hideout.
1: Yeah. Didn't that work out nicely? Yeah. It almost kind of drives the plot. <laughs> Actually, no, that
0: was a pretty good pun. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Your delivery was kind of eh.
1: Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so she runs into Gun's hideout all willy-nilly, and she sees Gun sparring with some dude that she presumes is a demon. I thought it was a safe presumption. And then she whacks him in the head with the axe. Luckily,
0: she did it poorly and hit him with the flat of the axe. Very poorly, because he's like,
1: ow. Hey. (laughs) Three darts is too much. Start getting them. And uh, I haven't said it for a season or two. We are going to repeat our jokes about every two or three seasons, guys. Yes. (laughs) So it was about time for that one to come up again. (laughs) You're fucking welcome. (laughs) And uh, so she either sucks with an axe or that's a shitty axe. Right. Or why not both? Why not? Probably both. (laughs) Who
0: knows how long that's been just sitting in her goddamn closet gathering dust. Just
1: getting dull, tarnishing We're rusting. Got to take care of your weapons and oil them. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) One time, uh, a local fight master theater dude let me borrow a couple of his stage weapons. And I left them outside, literally stuck in the dirt. Oh, my God. For several days. (laughs) And stupid me, I was, like, still a teenager. Late teens, but nevertheless. And I gave them back to him that way. And I'm surprised he didn't murder me in retrospect. Right? right. Yeah. Oh, my. Because <laughs> they were rusty. They were banged up. I mean, they're designed to take hits because they're made of very soft metal. Right, yeah.
0: And, and they're not
1: that hard to clean up, being soft metal. And I, you know, I didn't know how to clean them up. Whatever. I'm sure it was fun Yeah. Fun. I can hold a note for a long time. <laughs> Actually, I can hold a note forever. But eventually, that's just noise. It's... The change we're listening for. The note coming after and the one after that. That's what makes it music.
0: Then we cut back to Angel's Dream. Because she hits the dude. And then we cut to Angel's Dream. Yeah, she hits the dude. Yeah,
1: she gets gets laughed at. Gun's crew rightfully laughs at and mocks Cordelia for her foolishness. Cut over to Angel's Dream, which is still going. They're, They're on the porch now instead of doing their moonbathing thing, unless they were doing that on the porch, but it looked they were, like they were at the beach. It's a dream. Yeah. They Who can knows? do it wherever they want. Anyway. <laughs> so n- they can, in fact, do it
0: wherever they want. Giggity!
1: <laughs> so now they're doing this half-naked, cutesy-coupley-hugging-from-behind thing. Darla's all, I gotta go! And Angel's all, No, uh I'm codependent. And she's all, I'm in danger! And he's all, shut up, baby, i know it. <laughs> then... Then the camera pans
0: over. We find out that the banging is coming from Wesley. Banging. I think we know that kind of banging. I think
1: we know where the banging's coming from. Your neighbors. Yes. (laughs) You hear that, neighbors? We know because we can. We know. (laughs) I'm leaving that in. (laughs) What if they listen to the podcast? Don't. Like I know they don't. And even if they do, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) we don't know their names if we do we haven't said them
0: yeah anyway so angel or wesley appears in the dream steps up to angel angel wakes up and nakedly attacks wesley in all his nakedness
1: (laughs) naked 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 time yeah (laughs) we heard all this pounding and we knew it wasn't coming from Angel because his pelvis wasn't even gyrating. Not no. even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Which would have explained all that pounding, but... And they're dead, so it's not his heart. <laughs> like hollow bones, like a bird. Like really just more of a slapping and a fluttering sound. <laughs> 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 But Wesley was over there, hard at work, like the busy little goddamn beaver he is, building a nice old classic coffin for Angel to not sleep in. Yeah, because he doesn't sleep in coffins. And uh, he's like, Wesley, stop it. Coffins are so 18th century. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) So 200 years ago. (laughs) And he looks back for Darla. She's gone. And he looks back and Wesley's like, all up in his face. He's like, Wesley, you sure got in my face quite quickly. <laughs> right, he actually screams, you made her go away. And I'm like, oh, that's telling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's liking these dreams. <laughs> uh, but then uh, he wakes up as he's choking Wesley the fuck out, who's crying out that Gun is in trouble and he can't breathe. And it's like, Gun can't breathe. No, I can't breathe. And, and oh, by the way, your weenus is showing. <laughs> also, your cock. <laughs> But mostly your weenus. Cover up your weenus, you filthy, filthy boy. Wesley was
0: very much more bothered by Angel being naked than Angel actually nearly
1: killing him. (laughs) You're not wrong. He's like, no,
0: stop being naked if you're going to kill me. Angel was all,
1: oh, mortals and their foolish, foolish modesty. Need a hand? No, 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 I don't need any naked hands. I mean, penis. Uh, no, a uh, cock. I mean, salami. No, what I meant to say was peanut butter dog licking <laughs> jelly on a hot dog bun. Wait, no, hear me out on this one. Um, Felatio. Shit. Okay, Wesley. Jeez, I'll get dressed. Fucking prude. Cock. <laughs> Oh, Oh god. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, you didn't Ugh. just get a filling in your tooth, but you did get a root canal, Ugh. so that's uh, probably worse.
0: No, like I had a fucking
1: muscle <laughs> cramp in my face. Also, it's getting really warm in here. Yeah,
0: because uh. I had to fucking close all the windows. Yeah, uh. um, yeah fuck. Um, <laughs> cut back to
1: Gun's Place. Yeah,
0: cut back to Gun's Place where Cordy uh, bandages the dude's head. And he's not the least bit thankful for her bandaging his head. <laughs> not particularly. Yeah. It's as if she also caused the wound. Right. Like, come
1: on. <laughs> really splitting hairs here. Literally. Yeah, like ah. Cordy did. Oh, <laughs> Christ, Christ. But... I think you cracked my skull.
0: <laughs> Gun. Because her line is like, oh, they're as good as new. And he goes, I think you
1: cracked my skull. And she goes... Well, that's new. That's also new. (laughs) you got a new crack in your skull. You're welcome. (laughs) But Gunn also is not particularly thankful for Cordelia's services. No. (laughs) And, I mean, you can't really blame him this time. So he escorts her to her car, or rather Angel's car. Or rather an empty parking lot. Yeah. (laughs) On the way, she explains that he should listen to her because she is a vision girl. And she's scared for him, and he's all, yeah, well, I don't need no white beauty queens running to my rescue in front of my crew. And, uh, okay, I kind of get his point there, but they step outside. Dude, where's my car? (laughs) Dude, where's your car? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Cut to the hotel where Wesley says, so where's your car? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, and we immediately cut back to, to Gun and Cordy, uh, where he gives her a ride in his truck, which the fucking uh, steak
1: launcher thing wasn't even on the back. Yeah, he totally stripped it of all the cool shit. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's probably not street legal or something. I guess.
0: If, <laughs> you know, if you're concerned about such things.
1: <laughs> and uh,
0: Gun. But- this is the spot in my notes where I just wrote argue, 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 shoot, 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 shopping, shopping. Sh- Wait, no, just
1: arguing. Yeah, no, yeah, and
0: that's all it is. Like they're just bickering back and forth, and it almost doesn't matter one bit about anything that they actually say.
1: Mostly, but uh, Gun is gonna get Cordelia's car back because he knows the local carjackers. There's apparently only like two of them, and yeah, they argue for a spell. Uh, Cordelia's like. So what, you're just going to ask them to give it back? And he's like, I'll say please. Ooh, I forgot. You'll use your famous charm like you did this afternoon with that pigeon stool. All right, it's stool pigeon, and you Mm -hmm. don't have a clue why I do the things I do. And she's like, paging Mr. Rationalization. He responds, paging Miss about to be thrown out of a moving vehicle. That was a quote of the day for me. Yeah, that's a good (laughs) line.
0: That's all. I did write down one quote from this scene. Cordy says something along the lines of like, oh, I'm your protector whether you like it or not. And Gunn's response is, somebody better attack me soon because I know I can't take much more of this. Ditto. Also <laughs> got that one.
1: We're on the same page, bruh. I just, that was dude, excellent line. Yeah, he was like, excellent oh, line. God, please, somebody attack me.
0: <laughs> Cut to the hotel with Wesley on his bike and Angel with a pink helmet.
1: <laughs> angel jumps through his asshole a few times here to avoid admitting that he doesn't want to wear the pink helmet because he's insecure but in his masculinity ever so yep. slightly it was really kind of impressive right because first he says i really don't think it's gonna fit <laughs> west oh you silly bitch of course it will come on now make haste Angels, I, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't need a helmet for protection, you know. <laughs> he's, he's a vampire. He's immortal or something. <laughs> Nonsense, poopy pants. The local law enforcement might feel differently, mm-hmm. and therefore pull us over. to You don't want that, do you? Well, you know, it's just, you know, the whole visibility issue. Not to mention the whole hat head thing. If you think about it, come on, why do I have to wear the lady's helmet? I oh, would stop being such a wanker and put it on. <laughs> so. My
0: favorite bit in the whole scene, though, is he puts he puts the helmet on and he just gives this staring daggers look at Wesley <laughs> and Wesley with a grin on his face says, looks good. Hop on board, gorgeous.
1: You'll pay for this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> worth it. God, the chemistry that they've gotten out of these two characters is just fantastic.
1: Yeah. Not, not only is it worth it on Wesley's side, but I can't wait. To see how Angel gets back at him. Yeah. I hope it's like five episodes down the line when it's like, remember when I had to wear that pink helmet? Right. Fucker. (laughs) Oh, geez. It shall spur a delicious rivalry that will be sung about in meaderies for ages to come.
0: I did like that Wesley never got rid of the bike.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I forgot that he had
0: one, but I was like,
1: wait, no, that totally
0: tracks. But now he's had it for well over a season.
1: Yeah. Without using it. Or well, that we I, know I of. imagine he's used it. He's,
0: yeah. he's He obviously, that's his main mode of transportation. And honestly, if you fucking live in LA where the weather is always exactly the same, mm-hmm. fuck yeah, that's where you own a motorcycle. Yeah, it's not a bad way to do it, definitely. Cut to a chop shop kind of place. Henry's chop shop. Uh, where Gunn and Cordy get a line on the guy who actually stole the car because it's not this dude. This dude steals cars, but he didn't steal their cars. So, you know.
1: Must have been the other guy. Must have been the other guy. Yep. So go check Desmond's lot or something. And
0: at first they're about ready to leave and then Gun's like, hey, you know what? A lot of these cars look like they're from this neighborhood. I fucking told you to don't steal from the neighborhood.
1: Stop stealing local cars, fuck and face.
0: you know what?
1: Yeah. I, yeah. What the
0: fuck is wrong with yeah, you? why would you do that?
1: Like, you don't steal
0: from your own people. Yeah, definitely. That's why it's called Eat
1: the Rich. Not eat the equally poor bastards. Exactly. He's like, I don't care if you're heading over to fucking, I don't know what rich neighborhood he named off, but he yeah, named one and he said, if but... you're off in the rich neighborhood stealing beamers, but fucking leave this shit alone. Duh. Yeah, seriously. So it's and just th- rude. That was a good character point for Gun. I appreciated that one. Oh yeah. They're reeling it back on the unnecessarily angry and other bit, yeah. kind of. You know what I mean? I said it earlier. Yeah. Anyway, now they're gone, and yeah, they, uh, they
0: get a line that uh, the dude's at a party. The the guy they need to see is at yeah, a party. Yeah, they're
1: they're tipped off on Desmond being at a party or something. Henry's like, "All right, I'm gonna stop stealing local cars. Fuck off now." And they do. And two seconds later, classic. The demon they're after steps yep. out from the shadows.
0: Uh, Dick bag steps out from the shadows and is like, "Oh." That must be him, huh?
1: I dare say I should give that man's neck a thorough throttling because look how evil I am. Also, look how much neck Dickbag
0: has. A lot like of He neck. has three people worth of neck. Yeah. Like, you stand three people side by side. That might equal the amount of neck this man has. It's
1: hilarious. I think that actor was one of those kinds of men that gets a lot of roles because he's like eight fucking feet tall. Right. But they used him up on, you know, speaking of throwaway demon characters, we just had one on the previous episode of Buffy. Yeah. Now we we got one one here. here. And like I said, he's a dingus character, quite literally. (laughs) He's just there for something for the main cast to chase after to drive the plot. Yeah, because the car
0: thief is like, oh, that's gone, blah, 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 blah. He's such an asshole. And Dick Bag's like, I know who he is. Tonight it ends.
1: Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Oh you're Oh, we're scared of you. He's coming to get us. He's going to get us. Coming to get you. The Claw. They might as well have named him The Claw. Yeah, pretty much. We get a brief shot of Angel and Wesley riding the motorcycle. We know that it's Wesley and Angel riding the motorcycle because he's wearing that pink helmet. Yeah. Um, you know, also context. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Fucking
0: context. So, there's still a place in this world for traditional research. Even a
1: solitary soldier such as myself recognizes that a free exchange of intelligence benefits the common struggle.
0: Also, I brought in your mail and newspaper.
1: Cut to the house party. Yeah.
0: Uh, where immediately upon arriving at the house party, Gunn runs into one of his men
1: playing hooky. Yeah, little fucker, left his post. You don't do that shit.
0: You're supposed to be out, like, fucking patrolling or something.
1: Right? Yeah, I don't know what, but, you know, if you have an arrangement, maybe don't fuck up your arrangement. Yeah. um, Or quit and go somewhere else. But you didn't do that, now did you? You are no. just fucking off, weren't
0: you? Gun, you know, bitches him out a little bit and then sends him off home. And then Cordy fucking harangues him about being, you know, too power trippy about it and everything. And like so strict. Oh my god. Like yeah, there's a certain a certain level of like, hey, Gun, maybe you need to kind of chill a little. But also like, dude had a job to do. Yeah. And like, people's lives are in danger if he doesn't do his job. Yeah. Presumably,
1: Gun's kind of a a leader of an organization here. He needs to keep his shit together. And he's doing a damn good job of keeping his shit together. Yeah. Keeping his house in order. And uh, he's like, well, people need discipline to survive. Now stay close to me and shut up when we go inside. And Cordelia's like, well, I'm not your little soldier, so meh. I know what I'm doing. I've been to parties before. You're out of your element, Donnie. I mean, Cordelia. Cue white privilege. Seriously, though, because they step inside and Cordy blends in like a white person at a black party, like <laughs> something that doesn't blend in a hot dog and a pencil sharpener. Um, oh, God, that would make a mess. Anyway, she doesn't blend it at all. No, she doesn't blend in. And she quickly decides to shut up and stay close to Gunn, who had just told her to do that. But she does it <laughs> completely because she wants to, not because he told her to.
0: Yeah, and then we meet Veronica, where Cordy then proceeds to put her foot into her mouth to the knee. Oh, at least. (laughs) Yeah. All the way in. Like, damn, that's some impressive flexibility there, Courtney. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I don't even and remember. And from a standing position. Of all, like, <laughs> Wow. Very flexible. Yeah. I don't know how just... she got onto the subject of, um, oh, oh, she's like, well, you know, I'm just a working girl. Well, not that kind of a working girl. Not that I couldn't be if I wanted to. Oh, I didn't mean to imply that you couldn't be if you wanted to. You could definitely be a prostitute fuck <laughs> um and it's just fucking shut up so, and stick close to gun cordy <laughs> so this is my friend cordelia or no not even friend he just so this is cordelia she <laughs> needs to shut up <laughs> and stay close to gun so so they leave veronica and now they're arguing about how racist cordelia is for assuming that a couple of guys there are criminals um, because they're black and i'm like yeah uh they're all black um if they're in a black neighborhood yeah uh you can't just go around assuming that people are criminals because they're black when you're in a black neighborhood cordelia
0: or you know you shouldn't assume
1: anybody is a criminal based on their skin color yeah period See, i you know what i think i just I'm already ankle deep yeah. <laughs> in sticking my foot down my throat with that sentence. Yeah. It's so easy to do.
0: It, it can be, yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, of the criminals that I know, I think none of them are black. I don't know any black criminals. I, I know a lot of criminals. I don't think I really know any criminals. I have a lot of white trash family. I know therefore I'm related to them.
1: I can think of one guy that's been to jail, okay, two they're both white so far uh three still white yeah um, <laughs> yeah, I know
0: more white people who are criminals and I've like witnessed more white people being criminals.
1: just Four, saying still white I'm I'm just <laughs> ticking them off in my brain here. not something I usually categorize very often. It's not something I think about very often. Hello, white privilege. That is the privilege we get, that we don't have to fucking think about it. But Gunn deftly responds that uh, Nabbit is a criminal because he's a billionaire. And yeah, he's fucking right. Yeah. There are no ethical billionaires. I don't care how many fucking charities they set up. They still have obscene levels of hoarded wealth. And they didn't get there by not exploiting anyone. I don't care how fucking nerdy and lonely he is. He's capitalizing on overseas slavery and underpaid laborers. Frankly, we all are. Yeah. Every single day. Anyway, they find Desmond, the car thief guy. Just in time for fucking vampires to attack. Yeah, just in time. It was like they scheduled it or something. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, their conversation doesn't get too far. And guns fighting three vamps that crash the party. Yep. Veronica gets her head smashed through a fucking window. What was she even trying to do? She's like
0: trying to join in on the fight somehow. I think she just got caught in the crossfire. No, she was like trying to get around some people to like get in the fight. Maybe she was like like intervene or something. I didn't notice it. uh, It happened
1: so fast. She
0: ends up getting thrown into this like glass shelf and gets a, a big chunk of glass
1: stabbed into her neck. Like you do. And She immediately pulls it out. Like you're not supposed to do. Without thinking. I, You know, I know you're not supposed to do that. And that was my first thought as she did that. And I still think if I were in that situation. Oh,
0: yeah, you'd pull it it'd out. It'd probably be, like, be
1: the first thing I did.
0: You'd be like, goodness, this thing isn't supposed to be in my neck.
1: <laughs> I should remove it from oh my neck. Oh, dear. I dare say there's a large chunk of glass in my neck. Come oh. on. I would <laughs> like
0: that not to be there.
1: I should have it removed someday. Like right now. <laughs> <laughs> Glob, glob.
0: Oh God! <laughs> but yeah cordy cordy sees her bleeding and immediately starts to help while gun fights
1: yeah she's doing first aid he's finishing up the fight and she's literally just waiting for him to finish up the fight and he finishes he comes and checks on them he's like oh no veronica i care about you probably <laughs> cordelia we're like, assuming yeah yeah definitely i mean he cares about everybody he, he really does yeah um and cordy's Cordy's like, she needs a hospital right now, fucker. Right the fuck down! Right the fuck down! Let's go. <laughs> she does that um, giant open mouth, but not actually speaking things. So as not to panic Veronica. Good call. Yeah. And uh, she really does have tact sometimes. And honestly, like the following
0: scene is really well done to showcase just how
1: on the fucking ball Cordy is. Oh, yeah. Well, we've had you know plenty of examples of this, and this just goes right on. Oh yeah, the top of that pile.
0: It's notable to me in this particular episode because they don't really do a great job of proving to Gunn that Wesley and Cordy aren't like pushovers Mm -hmm. like he seems to think they are they don't really do anything that i think he figures that out by the end of the episode yeah but they don't really there's nothing specific that they do that makes them makes him go oh that's why cordy with this and a few moment and a few moments to the episode has more opportunity to show gun that she actually knows the fuck
1: she's doing mm-hmm. but they don't give wesley a, a moment like that at all well he does get to see the f- um the fight he handles himself well in a fight and you know they've got a lot of character relationship building to do now yeah. on top of lots of character to build with gun yet still as well oh god yeah so they're in the hospital now, and Gunn's doing that extremely unhelpful thing where he's overly demanding of the people who are trying to save your friend's life, yep. and they're all, like, way too nice and snappy about it, unlike any hospital ever. Yep. The doctor tells Gunn and Cordy to fuck off and let her do her fucking job. I love this transition. It is damn nice. It's like the longest bam, 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 bam transition that they've done. That I've ever seen in this show that I can recall. And I watched it a few times. And it's actually like a little slideshow of action shots from the fight that they just went through. Oh, really? And Cordelia doing first aid on Veronica. Uh It like told a little story. Yeah, I didn't pay enough attention to it. In just a few seconds. It was really cool. Cut to the same hospital, but a little
0: later. Uh Uh-huh. Cordy, I think she was coming out of the bathroom from washing blood off her hands.
1: Speaking of Cordy's dry cleaning bill. Yeah. Uh, It's not getting any better.
0: No, I think that sweater just needs to be tossed and replaced. Oh, it's done. It's just done. Uh, I don't know if
1: it's the same thing she was wearing earlier, but. I don't recall. I wasn't paying attention.
0: If it is, then hey, she only ruined one one (laughs) garment. Let's hope. Let's hope. For her dry cleaning bill, let's hope. (laughs) So Cordy comes up to gun who's in like a waiting room area or something. And he's like really fucking angry. Uh, Obviously he blames himself for Veronica getting injured because he was at the party and the vampires were after him and she wouldn't have gotten hurt if he hadn't been there.
1: And it wouldn't be the Buffy slash angel verse. If somebody wasn't blaming themselves for all the things that aren't their fault and that they can't control.
0: Well, when he's like ranting in anger about, all of this, he ends up saying his sister's name instead of Veronica's.
1: Yeah, he says Alana instead of Veronica, and Cordy's like, wait, who? Yeah. Huh? Huh? What? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I meant Veronica. Yeah. And then... So that's an awkward and she turns around as Desmond tries to oh, get on a She doesn't turn
0: around. She's facing gun and Desmond like sneaks by yeah. the, the entryway and and Vision Girl the, has yeah. some
1: fucking eyes in the back of her head yeah. as Desmond's trying to get on a goddamn elevator. Fucking stop right there. Uh-uh. Nope. Where is my friend's car? <laughs> And uh, apparently, he's like, okay, scary white woman, <laughs> don't hurt me. I'll take well, you to your car. <laughs> I'm with Wolfram and Hart. Everybody should have a lawyer like this. Mr. Winters shall never be convicted of any crime. Ever. Should you continue to harass our client, we will be forced to bring in the light of day. I want that stricken from the record. A place I'm told that's not all that healthy for you.
0: Uh, then we cut back to the party, the aftermath.
1: Cop uh, lights everywhere. Angel and Wesley show up. Uh, Wesley and Captain Pink Helmet. <laughs> I'm Angel. I wear a pink helmet. So there's this girl leaving the party. She's got a little bit of blood trickling down her forehead. Yeah. And she tries to walk right past Angel and Wesley. And they're on top of that.
0: <laughs> right on top of that. Not Not that kind of on top of it.
1: Yeah, very, you know. They're... They're handling it. They're handling not that uh, kind of handling it. They're um, um taking, they're um, they're taking care of it, but not, not that uh, kind no. of taking care of it. They're <laughs> they're taking, fuck,
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're
1: fucking it right. They're in the doing P-hole. their job. Yeah. Okay. There it is. They're doing their investigative duties, but not that kind of investigative <laughs> duty. You said duty. <laughs> Son of a bitch. No, there are no latex gloves. She might have an allergy. Anyway, they pull her aside.
0: <laughs> they're, they're like, oh, you, you might have a head injury. And she's like, no, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. And they're like, are you sure you're fine? And then she's like, no, I'm totally fine. And, he, and you're just like, are you sure you're okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm sure I'm okay. And then he headbutts her. She's suddenly not okay anymore.
1: Here, here, let me take a look at that wound with my head! <laughs> um, Angel, I don't think that's how you- Oh, ha ha ha, well, isn't that clever? She's a vampire. I dare say. Uh- <laughs> oh my god, I partied so hard. Like, I'm so lucky I didn't party myself to death. <laughs> Oops. Let me fix that hangover with my head!
0: <laughs> Cut back to the garage. Uh, a random garage.
1: It's a, it's a ca-hold. <laughs> the ca-hold. The ca-hold. <laughs> and uh, Cordelia and Gun find the ca, but she doesn't <laughs> the have the keys. <laughs> she doesn't have the ca-keys. <laughs> <laughs> they argue again for a minute until she makes the point that he should stop being a little negative Nancy and fucking help her look for the keys. Right.
0: But hey, they don't really need to look because Dick Bag is there and he has them.
1: Hey, Dick Bag! Thanks for finding the keys. Dvac, right? Yeah, isn't that was? I thought it was Dbag. Oh, they changed it. You had it changed. Okay, yeah. good. Good for you. Dvac, been a while, buddy. Yeah. we don't see you around anymore. Well, I guess he wasn't the villain all along. The real villain was people because oh boy, the hearts of men. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? You're, you're definitely not wrong. Oh, wait. No, Divac is definitely still a villain because he yes. chokes out Gun.
0: Yeah, he picks Gun up by the neck.
1: And uh, Cordelia high fives Gun, <laughs> <laughs> who reaches back to her. Probably his way of asking for a weapon. Yeah, like maybe the axe. You know, I mean, <laughs> he definitely wanted a high five. Cordy at least tries to hit Devak with the axe herself. It does but not do a very good he job. He easily stops her, like an adult stopping a small <laughs> child, by putting their palm on their forehead while they swing impotently. And uh, he's now holding both of them. And at this point, Devak changes, like shapeshifts,
0: into the snitch, Jameel. So yeah, it turns out that he was the snitch all along. And then Cordy uses the mace on him. It's Take al- that gun.
1: <laughs> it's almost like they brought that up earlier to be something that we didn't think was going to get used later, but then they did. Yeah. Chekhov's gun. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Enter Wesley and Angel on the bike. They slide under the garage door. I'm sorry. The car hold door. <laughs> yeah. And off go. the motorcycle. And a weird moment here where I think the the vampire that Angel encounters right away was supposed to... Like, I think the direction here was that he was supposed to think that Angel was a woman because of the pink helmet, but it came off more like he was just into men that wear pink. <laughs> right. And, you know, I guess that's fine. He no, that's like- definitely fine. <laughs> Because Angel takes off the helmet, and this this vampire is still standing there like, yeah! (laughs) And then Angel just whacks him with the helmet, and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Right? (laughs) That was so weird.
0: Well, and here's the thing. Like, okay, put a pink helmet on Angel. David Boreanaz is still a very tall, well-fit man. In no way.
1: (laughs) Does he appear to be a woman? No. He's he's very masculine-shaped. Just because he has a pink helmet on. (laughs) It looks like a dude wearing a pink helmet. I
0: do like that Angel proceeds to beat the vampire to death with the helmet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he deserved it one yes. way or another, whether he was a woman or not. Because <laughs> he's a vampire and a fuck boy. Like we had said
0: before, so ensues a very poorly shot, poorly choreographed fight scene.
1: I mean, I've had worse, like, but it wasn't great. It was, it was hard to follow. It was. I, I think it was, frankly, incomplete. Yeah. Because gunfights DVAC poorly, nothing to do with the filmography. And there were
0: at least four or five or more vampires around, and we only saw like two kills.
1: Yeah, there's only one that gets dusted, and then Dvac at the end. Is that the two you're counting?
0: No, no. There were two vampires I remember seeing getting okay,
1: killed. Okay, I only remember seeing one vampire actually get dusted. Uh, but Cordy's struggling with a vampire that's pinned her against the car. Then Wesley stakes it, and it, it honestly looked like he just kind of shoved a stake off screen and they threw some- uh, <laughs> Some dust at some him? Some fucking sawdust at him. <laughs> dust orgy! Dust! <laughs> In your lungs! <laughs> fucking like rabbits (laughs) because that's what it does (laughs) dust bunnies (laughs) and then there's this other vampire that's trying to whack cordy in the head with a crowbar but he hits the window instead as uh, wesley pulls her out of the way yep and we don't see him get taken out that i can recall it was messy, but very honestly, I just tune out and I'm like, okay, they're done and they killed everybody. Cause it's not like they're not gonna win. Right. So
0: the very end of the fight, Gun has not been doing well against Divac. Divac gets him on the ground, and he's about to kill Gun from across the garage. Angel goes running and he calls out to Cordy, he's like, Cordelia! And puts his hand out and she throws the axe and he catches the axe and he whacks dvac in the head with the
1: axe dvac go down dvac dead yeah oh boy very
0: anticlimactic indeed and there was never a point where i felt the least bit threatened by this bad guy seriously not even a little bit no
1: like the guy on the last episode of buffy was way more menacing than this and they threw him away just as much as they threw this guy away well
0: and like we get the final confrontation with dvac with eight minutes left in the episode yeah i'm like oh so we're we're about to get a really quick and simple fight scene
1: yeah they really fudged the villain and the fight scene and the climax of the episode so that they could shoehorn in more wrap-up yeah. and foreshadowing for more Darla shit, which we'll get to in a moment. Yep. So outside, Wesley and Angel are pushing the car outside. Wesley finds the keys; they were on DVAC and brings them to Angel, and he's like, "Uh, they're covered in some shit." Yeah, they're coming. They're covered in demon splooge. It's either blood or pus or both or semen. Probably, probably semen. Definitely semen. More likely. Uh, it's dust semen. <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> Fucking dust semen everywhere. <laughs> uh, and then
0: this is the the final reveal of what Cordy has figured out is going on. Uh, Cordy tells Gun that she hasn't saved him yet because Gun is the danger to Gun. He's a danger to himself by his way of life and the fact that he's so high-strung and puts so much on his own shoulders. And, you know, she's got valid points here. Like, you can't go full octane 24-7, for fuck's sake.
1: You burn out, you die quick that way. That is correct. Yeah, stop being self-destructive, Gun. And the (laughs) fucker doesn't even thank her as he drives off like a dick kind of smiles.
0: And they had a little smile. moment I where I guess moment.
1: it was like understood that you know him smiling at her briefly was kind of his version yeah. of a thank you or something. I don't know. Fuck it. They they seemed fine with each other now, yeah. so I guess that's what's important. Uh, then you know, cut back to the hotel. Yeah, where Angel returns home to Darla. Lucy, I'm home. Ricky. Oh, Lucy, (laughs) what is it, Ricky? I'm going to murder you. (laughs) (laughs) No, but really. (laughs) So Darla's just like there in the hotel.
0: And like they have an established relationship now. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, is this angel's dream again? or not it was kind of hard to tell and she's all hey i'ma blow you because i take care of you who takes care of you you do Mm -hmm. with sex with sex and stuff (laughs) as they cut to angel in bed one more time so it is a dream but now we see darla's actually in his bed actual arm come into the picture as she's sexually stroking his torso and she's now, like, actually... And they're both naked. Rubbing and slurping all over them. They're both naked. And she's naked, naked, naked time. And she's like, oh, angel, I could just eat you up. Literally. Get it? See what I did there? Giggity. Giggity. <laughs> yes. Yes, giggity. Gerarg. Gerarg. <laughs>
0: Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Give, give, give me more! Knights, I shall give walk me, give, give,
1: give, give, give. Hold on. You've got something in your eye. So how'd you feel about this episode, Josh? I felt like this was a pretty good <laughs> fucking episode for the... Really? I. Okay, so the villain sucked. The villain was awful. The villain blew. I think they really choked on their own fucking vomit <laughs> with, what they, with what they started to do with Gunn's character. But they, for the most part, recovered by the end of the episode. But I think they got some good character relationship establishment out of the way. I thought it was a fun Cordelia episode. But what I really liked about this episode was where they're going with Darla. Oh, yeah. That was the meat and core of the episode. I I thought it really established some good suspense and foreshadowing, and I'm really curious how it's going to play out. Yeah, it wasn't a great episode, but we're at the very least getting that overarching season plot line from this episode, and those ones always titillate me a bit. So No matter how bad the B story was.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. They, without a doubt, learned from their mistake from season one of not having bits and pieces of a standing season bad guy. Yes. They learned that lesson. They learned it well. I have no problem with the bits with Darla in it. Excellent. What I do have a problem with, though, is what is the point of the episode the point is they're they want to bring gun into the main cast group right they already did in the credits they want him to be part of the group and they want to use cordy as the vehicle for bringing him into the group no pun intended she had the vehicle yes she, she did literally um so the whole setup for this episode is Buddy Cop Movie. A bit, yeah. But they didn't play it fully Buddy Cop Movie. So, I've been doing these writing courses thing online. And it's about actually writing novels. But one of the things that the the guy says at one point is that Buddy Cop Movies are just romantic comedies.
1: <laughs> You're not wrong.
0: <laughs> no, they're exactly the same. They're, they're point for point written the same. You're right. And... That's the problem here. One of the things that buddy cop movies and romantic comedies have, they have the love-hate thing going on. Mm
1: -hmm. But
0: then they have at least two or three moments between the characters where one of them, independent of the interactions between each other, is seeing the other person do something that is notably changing their opinion of the other person. And they don't have a single fucking moment like that. They don't have a single moment up until the very end of this episode where both Cordy and Gunn look at each other and accept that maybe the other person might
1: know something. Well, I think those moments were there, but not properly taken advantage of. Like yeah, Cordelia being competent, taking care of Veronica. Yeah, and there was... Gunn, they they didn't establish that Gunn's opinion of her was changing with that. Right, and I he should have. I think it was but they didn't show it. Right. He
0: should have been like holy shit, she knows her
1: shit. And uh, things that should have changed her opinion about him. The moment where he was cracking down on his uh I want to say minion. <laughs> <laughs> no, soldier. On, on his on his crew, on his yeah. soldier dude leaving his post. Yeah, her her she- response
0: for that should have been much different. I agree. She should have had uh, a tone, a little bit more of an understanding and like kind of respect. Because honestly, he he did not handle that in a power trippy way. He handled that quite well. Yeah. He, he basically reprimanded him and said, "You need to just go home. We'll deal with this later." But they they just didn't really have the payoff. For the setup, the setup is Buddy Cop movie and it didn't feel Buddy Cop movie at all. It didn't it didn't hold up to what they promised us. No. So I think the A story of this, I think they fucking bombed. I think it bombed. I'm glad that they're learning from their mistakes with I was calling
1: what you're calling the A plot, I was calling the B plot, but I, I agree.
0: Well, the, the A plot would be the plot that is the episode. The B plot is the plot that's part of the arc, the season arc. Sure. Okay. So the, I think they handled that great. Love it. The bit of interactions we get between Wesley and Angel were fucking excellent. Oh, that was, that was good. But I think the core of the episode they bombed. And I don't think there was enough change in how Gunn and Cordy responded to each other at the end that warranted the effort and most of their interactions just came off as really fucking boring ass bickering.
1: Yeah. So I, overall,
0: I, I, I didn't really like the episode. Like I didn't like it at all.
1: And you're supposed to be the optimist here. Right? Cuz I we're <sighs> both I'm agreeing with every single point you made <laughs> and I just still liked the episode
0: a little more than you did. So I think I think the reason I'm so harsh on this is don't promise me buddy cop movie. And then not give me buddy cop movie.
1: Come on. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Def- Come on. Uh, so now you're making me retroactively more disappointed <laughs> with it than I was. Yeah. See? 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 Prick. <laughs> <laughs> you have a quote of the day, Rex? I do
0: have a quote of the day. I'm going to give my quote of the day. You actually read it in episode. Uh, the pink helmet scene. Specifically the quote. I'm going to use is Wesley's line of stop being such a wanker and put it on.
1: God damn it. This doesn't happen often, but you just stole my quote. (laughs) And
0: see, my runner up is the line right after that, because like
1: I was going to combine them together because he doesn't. act. Yeah. Angel doesn't say anything in between. No, that's a good point. And then he says, good. Now hop on board. Gorgeous. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. so whatever. So that's your quote.
0: Yeah. Honestly, like, it is an excellent, well-written well and delivered line. But the biggest thing is the fucking grin on Wesley's face when he delivers it is just too fucking perfect. Yeah. Because he is like, this is going to fuck me later, and it is
1: every <laughs> fucking Bit worth it. Worth it. <laughs> An Angel going through uh, all of the logic and realizing I got no out on this. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, fuck. No, that was a fucking golden moment. Definitely. So what's your quote of the day then? I think I'm going to go with guns line. Well, something better attack me soon because I know I can't take much more of this. I almost picked that one too. Because oh, I think yeah. that was hands down the other most entertaining line <laughs> in the sh- in the episode. That was the closest we got to buddy cop yep. moment. It really was. We got lots of the hate part of the buddy cop. Very yeah. little, if any, of the love. Yeah. The
0: begrudging joking. Like, we got all the bickering and hate. Like, just that tiny little snippet of the begrudging jokingness. Where, like, yeah, I'm stuck with this fucker, but hey, we're going to have a good time with it. Yeah. They didn't have nearly enough of that.
1: And the the redemption moments where they realize, hey, you're not so bad. Yeah. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Well, shit, motherfuckers. We did it again. This has been another episode of Ale with Angel. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Head on over to our store at store.beerwithbuffy.com. We've got stickers. We actually have new Ale with Angel stickers, which are the new logo for Ale with Angel. Those are pretty cheap. Hey, do you want to get one for free, though? All you have to do is review us on iTunes. Literally anybody. This is even a retroactive offer for previously done iTunes reviews. If you want a free sticker, email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com and give us your address that we can mail that to you. And congratulations. Also, if you ever have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us for that reason as well. Leave us a voicemail at 269-743-0783. You can even text that number. I text people back all the time. And I've been meaning to message people back on Facebook for a minute now. I might do that as soon as we're done recording. As always, big shout out to JJ Treadway for all of our transitional music and our opening music for Ale with Angel. This has been Ale with Angel. I'm Josh. And I'm Rex. Have a good night. And keep those dust motes from fucking like bunnies in your lungs. (laughs) No, sir, I don't like it. lives depend upon you. I make allowances for your years, but I expect a certain amount of responsibility, and instead of which you enslave yourself to this this cult. You don't like the color?
0: You have a sacred birthright. you were chosen to destroy vampires, not to wave pom-poms at people. Why can't you people just leave me alone? You are the Slayer. Go ahead. The pimp. I'm
1: a watcher. I, I have the skill. Oh, come on!
0: By appealing... By appealing to your common sense. Common sense. Common sense. <laughs> yourself couldn't be by the light of day. One in all the world. Common sense.
1: One in all the Common world. Sense.
0: All the world. Was a bit um, British, wasn't it? We. Wait, what have we done? Wh- why are we watching this? Yeah! <laughs>